welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and with me today is Jermaine Curse. What's up? What up, man? <laughs> Not much. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, I appreciate excited you. about this, man. This is one of our first uh, mobile shows. Yeah. Well, yeah. welcome to Evergreen. Yeah. So we are here in your... Uh, I mean, I'm not a golfer, so I'm going to butcher this. I mean, this is just like a golf training facility. Is that what? Yeah. Okay. So We're Golf club, golf facility, um, just whatever you want to call it, whatever, yeah. whoever wants to call it. As long as it gets you into golf, and we're we're gonna get into some of the nuts and bolts of it too, because I might be new to this, but some of the stuff like the lasers on the the putt yeah. putt and everything like that to me seems like like state of the art. Like I don't know if anybody has ever like is really doing that. At least not around here. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it was invented, but um, man, I want to get into everything in this podcast as far as your story goes, and I think uh, this is gonna be cool because um, he was uh, Travis was cracking up when we first like set this up and everything because. I'm not a sports guy. I'm not a sports fan whatsoever. So it's actually really cool for me to start like digging into your history because there's a lot I didn't know. Yeah. Because I don't know shit about football to be honest. With you. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Which is funny because I'm a fitness person. I don't. I don't play sports. I don't watch sports. Nothing. Um, I don't know shit about nutrition. You would think. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I would have had better nutrition. Well, the the thing I'm excited to talk to you about because of that and because of who I am is is the thing I'm so fascinated by and interested in and and really inspired by is what you're doing now and the whole journey of uh, like how you got into the league, how you kept per- persevering and pushing forward. And then you did so well and then you get out of it. And then now you're here doing this, you know, it's one thing after another. And I know there's a lot of people who get out of the league and they don't, what NBA, NFL, MLB, anything, they don't do anything. You know, they don't go pursue another thing or start a business or keep creating. And it's really inspiring to me. And it's cool that you've done that. So I'm excited to hear how you've done that and how you've kind of gone through this whole process. And I think it'll be cool because what we can kind of do is go through your story and then wrap okay. it up at the end with yeah. where we're at now. So um, first and foremost, tell the audience if there's any uh, non-football listeners t- uh, listening who Jermaine Curse is, and then we'll kind of get into to the start of the journey. Yeah, so uh, my name is Jermaine Curse. Um, I'm a for- former uh, football player. Uh, I've Played football my whole life, growing up from like middle school, high school, college, and then the pros. Um, I grew up in Lakewood, Washington, about an hour south of uh, Seattle. Um, went to the University of Washington. Um, just kind of stuck with, I guess, the the, the hometown kid, and um, I was able to actually play for our, our pro team, um, the Seattle Seahawks, and won a Super Bowl. Played in two Super Bowls. Um, won one of them and. Overall, it's just been a super, uh, super blessed journey in terms of how my whole uh, career went. Um, I mean, just talk about uh, just things just happening. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I can't even explain it. It's just like uh, things that I did now, I'm just thinking about like, man, that is kind of crazy. Like I was that sure at that moment where like, for instance, I was on the practice squad for my first year and the practice squad is like so volatile. Like you could be in and out. I'm I'm like so naive. I would like signed a twelve month lease in an apartment. <laughs> like I, I knew for sure I was gonna be here. Um no, but it's just being able to grow up in the state of Washington, um, play college football here and then also bring a Super Bowl, the first Super Bowl, um, to the state of Washington, to the city of Seattle. It's just been super yeah, um, super blessed and, and grateful. I mean, from a from a spectator, it was a big deal. It was a really big deal. You know, again, I don't I don't watch sports, but like it's a Super Bowl. You know, yeah. Um, and it's cool too. It's funny because uh, I, I actually brought. We have our junior program tonight. I actually I brought it my Super Bowl ring. Yeah, I saw that as soon as we went. Uh, <laughs> you can't miss that shit. Yeah, we have, we have a, a our junior night, and they've been asking me to bring it. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm, I'm gonna bring it this time. It's probably heavy on your finger. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think it like fits my finger anymore. Uh, but I like it actually kind of like on the necklace. Yeah. There, there you go. You could probably zoom in on that. Right yeah. There. That is but crazy. It is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I don't ever really like bring it out. So yeah. I've been told I got to do it more often. So yeah. now I just try to find different instances where well, I'm sure I can the kids think that's pretty. Yeah. They all going to want to take pictures and stuff. It'll, yeah. be, it'll, it'll be a cool evening tonight. Yeah. That is cool. Um, yeah. It's funny, man. We, uh, uh, for a little, I think we actually went to 2A after a while, but our high school played your high school in some things. Where'd um, you go? 
Fife High School. Fife, yeah. Yeah, so um, I... Uh, Trojans, I'm, right? Yep, yep. I uh, I graduated in 2010 or 12. Were you 10? I graduated high school in 2008. So I was 10 because my brother was in your class. So I'm... Okay. I was born in 92. I'm just a little bit... Yeah. Tiny. But I think we went down to 2A yeah. after that. So we were small. Um, but hearing stories about like us playing your school and actually my first tattoo was in Lakewood, funny enough, and I wasn't even 18. So it was... Uh, <laughs> Wasn't Sounds be- about Lakewood. Yeah, it wasn't the best uh, <laughs> best spot, but I had to get that tattoo redone. Yeah. Um. But man, let's uh let's get into the beginning of of like, not literally the beginning of like why you play football because as a kid I'm sure you persevered sports and just pushed it yeah. and that was the one you stuck with. But, um, when you got into the league, like, uh, how was that situation? Like, I mean, I, I re- I've read like I did my homework and just yeah. read different interviews and you know I know I kept reading a lot about you trying to find more self-belief and confidence in yourself and not worrying about the opinions of others or mm-hmm. not thinking too much. And um, so it'd be interesting to hear your story of like going from college to the NFL and how that yeah. out. Yeah. So I, well, a lot of it is just kind of pressure of being like the hometown person, mm-hmm. especially in college. Um, I would say I was somewhat highly recruited uh, coming out of high school and then, uh, you know, just the expectations of being one of the top recruits in the state. You go home. So they're like, there's, you have that kind of pressure. Um, and then, you know, we went 0-12 my freshman year, which was such a long year. Uh, but, yeah, just kind of going through, just like dealing with those pressure. Like, social media was just kind of coming around during that time. It wasn't like full force. There were with uh, like Twitter or Instagram. I mean, Facebook was there. And they're just, it's even worse now, but just playing sports in general, it's just like, it's just all eyes on you. Mm-hmm. It's just all about performance. Um, it's all about what can you do to, to, to win and whatnot. And, you know, there's a like, there's so many opinions yeah. and, you know, especially nowadays with the social media platforms now, it's just everybody has an opinion on who you are, how your worth, Mm-hmm. Uh, how good you are and um, so it was just something like I, I really struggled at the beginning especially like late college years um, and you know nobody was really talking about like the mental health part aspect like as they are as vocal as it now yeah. um, which is a great thing uh, but you know you just kind of find ways to just kind of deal with those situations and then you just I mean sports is a huge coping me- mechanism with any type of uh, whether it's mental health or any trauma that people deal with or go through. Um, and that's a whole nother story that I have on sports and retirement in general. But, um, yeah, it was just kind of dealing with that stuff and just finding ways to navigate it, something especially that was so new. You know, you, you go from such high praise, and now there's just like a mixture of both. So trying to navigate and filter um, through all that. And then uh, I went undrafted Um to the NFL, which was a little surprise to me. I thought I could at least get a late-round draft pick, but it didn't happen. Um, but the funny thing is I was just telling somebody the other day was, like, for me, I never – there wasn't, like – there was zero doubt that I was not going to play in the NFL. Mm. Like, I don't know if I – like I said, like, <laughs> with the 12-month lease and everything, like, I don't know if I was just crazy the way I was thinking, but, like, I felt like I had that much belief that I – that I was a good one, good enough, um, and two, just capable of playing. And even when I went undrafted, I, I when you go undrafted, you could kind of pick teams who you, they'll show interest, and then you can choose who you want as a free agent. It's kind of your choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I signed with uh, Seattle, and I don't know. It was just I never doubted that I was not supposed to be there, nor that I was not going to be able to like stay there. So when you're undrafted and you're a free agent, is that like, this might be a dumb question, but like essentially the draft's over and now it's like 50-50, you don't know? If, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. like you said, you knew, but. Well, it's just a, it's a point of time where it's just kind of up in limbo because if you have a lot of interest, teams are calling, hey, we want to sign you as a, a free agent. Um, it's not going to be, there'll be like a very minimal small uh, signing bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It just kind of depends on your situation. You might have one team interested calling you, where then you only have one choice, or you might have 12 teams, yeah. and you can kind of 
choose out of the 12 teams, um, usually you just kind of research, like do a quick research, like, okay, what's the roster looking like? You know, do I have a chance yeah. to uh, even get the opportunity to uh, be able to make the team? Because <clears throat> most, most teams are going to give all the opportunities in the world to the guys they drafted. They have yeah. the most invested in them. The so most you got to, you got to like really show up Yeah. after you get, if you get in there undrafted now, it's like, yeah. I got to prove myself in this. And you have to prove yourself with the amount of opportunities. Uh-huh. And there might be very minimal opportunities because they're going to, like I said, like they have the, the depth chart already. They already have guys in your position there. They might've drafted in your position. Those guys are going to get all the opportunities in the world to try yeah. to succeed where, you know, out of 20 reps, those guys might get 10 and you might get three. So it's yeah. like, what are you going to do? How do you, uh, I love the, I'm glad that we started going this way because like, uh, speaking of the clothing stuff before this, we're, we are in the process of pending a trademark on the tagline, um, over or underrated overachiever. And it's about like the underdog who just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. Yeah. And like, you keep talking about how you just know, well, what is it that allows you to, keep pushing even though like okay it, w- it didn't happen in the draft but like I know I'm gonna be here like I know I'm gonna do it and then you're like okay now I have to do extra I have to show up I have to outwork the whoever else got drafted first and all that like what was going through your head like did you ever have doubt or did you have you just always had that confidence of like nope this is this is my path oh I always just knew that I had the the ability and the skill to do it uh the confidence was very was volatile like anybody you mm-hmm. know sometimes you're you're feeling yourself and you can just outperform and then sometimes you have a little doubt but it's just just a matter of who's navigating that the best really you know like it, everybody's gonna hit dips everybody's gonna have some adversity um but it's the ones that really kind of come out on top of that is the ones who are able to navigate it the best um or be able to at least um deal with it temporarily the best to to reach the potential and for me um, I, I felt I had all the skill in the world to, to be able to play. Um, and I think what just really kind of pushed me over there is I'm just super competitive. Mm. Um, even when I, even when I got to Seattle or when I went across the lake to the Seahawks facility, it just started instantly competing. And honestly, a lot of it is just, they always say like with the, with the NFL, it's just always about timing and luck really. Mm. Um, and for me and the situation, really, I got, I was in a super blessed situation in terms of going to Pete and the way he runs the organization there. He's all about competition. Um, he's going to give everybody the opportunity to compete where most places, um, aren't not necessarily like that. Like I said, a lot of them, uh, heavily invest in the guys they drafted, you know, the free agent guys, they might get some opportunities here and there. Uh, but with Pete, it's just like, he's going to play the best. Who's He's going to play who's performing the best. And um, I just really got super blessed to go into that situation and really to be able to thrive in it. Did you always have like, uh, like, I mean, I got to imagine, you know, I know for me when I started my career, it was like, I just want to work out and get paid for it. Like I didn't have like this like vision that I have now. Did you have a long-term vision for yourself in the league and after the league? And and like, I know for me it hit harder when I found out I was going to have a kid. So I don't know if that influenced you a bit, which I'm sure it has, but this, like we're sitting in a golf facility now, like, did you have, did you always know like, okay, I'm going to do this. And this is, cause you're still young. You know, when yeah. you play football, it's like you have so many years afterwards. To I do hate something. you quick in football. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I bet. But a lot of people don't do anything after yeah. they're done. You know, it's so, like, did you always have like a grandmaster plan of like, I'm going to do more than just play? Uh, not, uh, honestly, not necessarily. Um, at the time, especially early in my career, it was just like focusing at the task at hand um we were having a lot of success you're just kind of riding that success wave it did but one like the thing about the nfl is like the first three or four years it's just you know especially depending on your situation if you're winning it's just the greatest thing ever you're Mm -hmm. living your dream you're winning you know you're playing in playoff games playing in super bowls uh the difference is one that first or three or four years are done and then you you are introduced to uh the business side of the sport mm-hmm. and then that's where um perspectives kind of change a little bit 
you see just a whole different side where some places it can be early on, you know, if you get cut, like obviously you're understanding the business pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but especially a lot of the drafted people that, you know, if they're playing through their contract three or four years and then you get to the business side, then you really see the, see everything and it kind of changes your perspective it changes your why a little bit especially when you start having growing families um i had my first child in uh 2017 so that was six seven years into my career and you know so your whys are starting to change Mm -hmm. um so it's it, it definitely gets different as it you know prolongs but in terms of just like where I'm at now, I, <laughs> I can't even tell you that it, it just surprises myself. I I think for me it's just I feel like God's definitely just kind of been navigating a lot in my life from even when I went undrafted in terms of just how things just kinda of line up and just how you know it just seems like things are getting put in place where I have no I just sit there and I'm like, there's there's no other way like yeah. for me and um even with this it's just i there's moments that happen whether you know we get introduced to people or people uh want to get involved and it's just like there's no way i could be navigating this myself or anybody like um you know my partner greg we're both believers and it's just like everything how like even how greg and i man we'll probably get into this just um, just timing, like I yeah. said, timing, and it's just it's crazy. Do you ever feel like it's uh, I mean, you just don't even ask questions. You know what I mean? Like it's just things happen, and you just like uh, I, I mean, I call it uh, your gut feeling, essentially, right? Like you just trust your gut, and you just yep, that's I mean, that's the next step, and it, it comes right in front of you, and yeah. you just go with it, and it just kind of builds upon itself versus people who are almost so cautious that they say no too often. Like you yeah. can't be a yes man, obviously, especially not in business, but, um, and, and as you grow, but, um, if people are so quick to cut off opportunities or, or things that happen or open up, like, I feel like it'll stop your, your journey short versus people like you that like you get dealt a hand and you just play it. And then you play the next hand, you play the next, and yeah. it just kind of keeps growing because you're enthusiastic and positive about the opportunities at hand. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, you, uh, you always, I tried to have a plan. But um, things don't always necessarily go towards your plan. And but with this, it's just like like you said, it's just kind of been not necessarily going with the flow. But you know, it's just, things just keep popping up, and we get uh, dealt a certain hand, and it's just like I don't even know how lucky I got to get this hand. But like mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of explore connections. Um, I'm just. I like to connect with people. I like to build relationships with people, especially if I'm really like vibing with you. Like we have a huge junior presence here. I like getting to know the juniors, building relationships, you know, competing with them. um, And, you know, just trying to be like a really good influence. That's part of the culture that we're trying to just build here is just create a safe place for a lot of people, um, whether it's adults or juniors Mm -hmm. to, to be able to come and know that you're going to be around um, people who, like to compete one um you know people who care and just try to really build I, I try to take what I've learned with the Seahawks like our culture and mm-hmm. everything that Pete's kind of built over there and try to apply it into this space it's not it might not be necessarily I mean I know it's two different sports football and golf but like the culture can be mm-hmm. replicated and you can you can kind of mold it to the space that you're in um but anywhere with a great culture is going to have success yeah it's a feeling it's not like it's uh it can be two completely different things yeah but it's a feeling um the last thing i want to ask with uh with football before we get more into where you're at now is like how much did the pressure inside there apply to business and to what you're doing today? Like obviously you're you're taking like the positives of like the culture and the energy and you're trying to bring it here, um, the competitiveness uh, I would assume too. But I gotta imagine, I mean, like playing in the Super Bowl, that's probably like the most high stake, high pressure situation you could possibly be in. Is there were there things that you had to learn 
as far as like being able to deal with that level of stress or pressure or anxiety or anything like that? And like, is it the same in this or does this seem like a breeze now because you've been there or is it just completely different because it's a new world? Uh, no, I mean, it's definitely different, but in terms of like the pressures, it's just, I try to just control what I can control. Um, you know, that there's so many different factors that can go into things that are just completely out of your control. Mm-hmm. And, I just focus on what I can. And then uh, one of my head coaches, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, when I was at UW, he always was, this is probably one thing that he said to me that I've just, I don't know why, but I always just kept with me. And he was like, if you can't find a way, find a way to find a way. Mm-hmm. And so with everything I, ever since I've heard that, with everything I, um, I've just gone through, whether it's just trying to make a team or whatever, it's just find a way to find a way. And that's just kind of how I've been, and it's been no different. Um, even with here, it's you know, there's you have the anxiety of wanting something success uh, to be successful, especially if you've never done it before. But you know, I believe so much in what we're doing here. It's kind of like the same situation when I went undrafted. It's like I truly believe this is going to be successful. Yeah, and there's zero doubt in my mind that it won't be successful. And, you know, sometimes I may be right and sometimes I may be wrong, but that's life and then you just adjust. Do you have any, like, I know this is a hard question to, like, give, like, black and white terms to, but do you have any tactics or things that you've had to use? Because when people say, uh, I just try to control what I can control, which I've said before too, most common response is that's easier said than done. Because there's some people, you know what I mean? Like, but it's so true. Even, like, uh, if you can't find a way, find a way to find a way. Is that what yeah. it is? Find so, a way to find a way. It's kind of like if there's a will, there's a way, right? Yeah. Again, people are like, okay, but that doesn't give me any strategy. So, like, how do you, I guess, like, are there things that you do to put yourself in that headspace? Because I find that there's a, there's an aura or an energy or a confidence to certain people who are able to, like, embody that feeling of, like, I just focus on what I, I stay in my lane. I control what I can control. Yeah. And things tend to work out for those people. Yeah. And they keep moving forward and they don't let like self-doubt or anxiety kind of crumble them or anything was there anything that you picked up on over the years that helps you with that I think it's just all it's just like a mentality really um that's a really good question in terms of just like tactics that because like you said like control what you can control like it is really easy to say but it's just like a subconscious thing Mm -hmm. something that you got to really train yourself day in and day out um we talk a lot about uh, the like the subconscious level in terms. I I mean I've listened to Pete talk a lot. Um, I think there's another guy, Lou Tice, or is it, yeah, Lou Tice, I believe. I don't know. It might be Lou Tice, Lou Tice or Mike Tice. I think Mike Tice was like a football coach or something. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, off track. Um, but it's just kind of like building your subconscious level, and like to me, you know, to give the perfect example for that is someone. Like, you see someone who's just kind of, like, balling, and they're like, oh, he's balling out of his mind. Like, you know when you get in the zone, you know, mm-hmm. you just, like, you feel like you're hooping, and you just can't miss a shot. It's like, I feel like that's the subconscious level. It's just something that you, there's no time to think. You're just acting. You're just doing, and you're you're going off your subconscious level where your conscious level is more so, like, what you're thinking mm. in the moment right now. But, like, there's moments where, like, you know, a lot of people uh, ask about uh, the Super Bowl 49 catch against the Patriots, the bobbling one. They're like, well, how did you catch it? And I'm just like, I don't know. It just happened. But I think I was just acting on my subconscious level, and that's just what you build every single day. It's just repetitive. It's how you talk to yourself. Um, it's how you think. Are you a, are you going to go into the building and think like, oh, I hope I have a good day. Or you're going to be like, this is going to be a great day. Mm -hmm. It's just something that you got to really train yourself just day in and day out because your subconscious is listening to what you say to yourself and how you go about yourself. And that's what a lot of great players are training is because that's what's going to show up in the most pressured moment. That's that person is going to be the uh, person that shows up in um, a reactive moment. It's just kind of what you're doing all the time. And then, you know, the find a way to find a way is just, it's just grit, you know? Yeah. And Pete, it's funny because Pete, Coach Carroll, he, he says, 
he thinks you can teach grit where I feel like there are some instances where you can, mm-hmm. but I feel like grit really comes through experiences. Yeah. And um, those experiences is what gives the ability for people to have grit and perseverance. Yeah. And I feel like it's it's hard to manipulate a situation and have them learn from that where like, cause those experiences are personal. Um, you know, it, it means it's to the core of that person. It could be trauma that people are overcoming. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's something that I feel like you really build through experience. And, um, you know, obviously there's different levels to the experiences that people are overcoming, but you know, that's, that's just kind of where. I mean, if your back's against the wall, yeah, you have no, you can't manufacture that situation. Yeah, you know, you can like tell somebody to imagine your back's against the wall. Imagine you have no other option, but it's, it's well, that's the truth. I mean, you you really look at a lot of like the percentages of making it to the top of your profession, mm-hmm. whether you're a baseball player, hooper, football player, golfer. Like the percentages are so against you that it's not <laughs> funny. Yeah. And, you know, what I tell a lot of people is, you know, you got to you got to kind of look outside of your perspective, especially if you want to really do it, because there's people, some people, especially in golf, you know, golf is an expensive sport. Right. It's um, if you're playing golf, you're probably in a most likely in a a pretty good life situation. Yeah. Um, And. You know, I, I tell a lot of kids, it's like, you're practicing and you say you want to get to this, or this could be applied to any sport, football, basketball. You're practicing, you're grinding, you say you want to reach to this point. Um, and if you're not aware of your situation, where it's probably more of a privilege where you get to do it, I'm like, you got to understand, there's people in this world where they're trying to do the same thing, but this is their only option. Mm-hmm. So how hard are you really working? Because that person has no other option. Yeah. And that's just kind of the, the like you said, it's like the back against the wall. It's the mind frame that a lot of people have to get in. Sometimes you can find the motiv- motivation and put yourself in, but a lot of times a lot of people have no other choice yeah. to be in that mind frame because it's the only way. It's a completely different game. I actually posted about it today. My daughter was like, she was complaining about the yard. We have a half acre yard, trampling all the stuff. And I just, I kneeled down to her and I said, you know, dad didn't have a yard because I have an apartment. Yeah. And she was just like in shock. And I was like, it taught her so much in that moment because she went from complaining and being ungrateful to feeling bad for me and being so thankful, you know, yeah. but it's like until she knew, cause she didn't know what an apartment was. And I was like, I, <laughs> I had to teach her what that was. So until she learned that there's the, uh, her perspective won't let her grow, you know, or, or see what's possible. And if we're talking sports or business or anything like, like sports, I think it's like 95% of small businesses fail in the first, I don't know if it's one or three years or what the stat is, but that's crazy. You're against the odds. Yeah. But shooter shoot. I'm a shooter. So exactly. (laughs) I'm like, uh, I'm also, you know, very aware that I am super, I'm in a great position, Mm -hmm. you know, um, um, I have the ability to take chances. So for this instance, you know, it's my situation is different. It's kind of like how I was with sports, where it's like, you know, you have no choice. There's people out there starting businesses and it's their only option. Yeah. And this has to work. Yeah. You know, where I'm doing something more that I'm like, I get to do this, you know, and um rather than like I have to do this where a lot of people are in a situations where they have to. So it's just about gratitude and just appreciation. Um, a lot of the stuff we do here, we try to support local businesses um, out here. So um, a lot of our vendor stuff, we try to yeah. do it, you know, whether it's in the vicinity of us or at least in the surrounding areas. But um, yeah, it's just a lot of gratitude, especially for me in the position that I am, because I get to do something that I'm passionate about, that I love doing. Yeah. And and I get to do it every day. I always say, man, like one common trait of successful people is they all practice gratitude. They're all super appreciative of what they're doing, how they're doing. They all have that, like, I get to, not a have to mentality. I think it pays off so much. And one of the things I was going to say about um, the subconscious aspect you were talking about is I think that 
if you think too much about what you're about to do, that's when like shit starts in your head. But yeah. like when you're playing football, you're like, I don't know how I caught that. Well, yeah. it's because you didn't have time to think. So you responded with your reaction of what you've trained to do. Yes. I think if like a lot of times I always tell people like act now, reflect later. And I don't think that's always the case. Cause once you learn how to reflect before you could probably make smart decisions. Yeah. But sometimes if you just jump at it, or you just take action, you just do something, then you can reflect later of why it worked and figure out how to repeat it. But in sport, you don't even have time. Like, you have no other yeah. option. You act now, reflect later. You can look at the tapes and then try to figure out how you, yeah. you know, got in that spot. But um, I got to imagine that's, that carries over because you have so much more confidence in taking action now yeah. from all those years. Yeah, it's um, – it is. But, it like, in this space, it's it's a little different, too, because I've never started a business and I've never owned a business. And for me, it's – like you said, it's, it's that. I'm just – acting and then I'm reflecting after every time and you know there are moments where I'm like damn I really messed that up <laughs> or I, would, I wish I would have done that differently uh but then there's times where I'm like oh shit that that worked so yeah. um yeah it's just constantly trying to learn trying to just be better in every way um you know the people that we talk to the, the great thing you know with my partnership with Greg um it's just, we just have no ego in this. We mm -hmm. know we're both completely, whether it's between us two or um, we have advisors and advisory board and, you know, they're, they're telling us things. It's like we want to collect all that information. We have zero ego in this. We just want this place. We love doing it. We have a huge passion for it. And we just want to be able to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I feel like our just passion to just continue to grow um, and learn um, it's huge. And, you know, I think it's, it'll be a reason why we'll, we'll be successful. I feel. Yeah. You, I don't think you can grow or learn much if you go. Yeah. It, it just gets in the way. Yeah. Um, we always say you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. That's it. How, so how did you meet him and how did that like partnership start? Yeah. So, um, it's funny cause Greg and I actually grew up down the street from each other, but we never knew each other. Um, we both grew up in Lakewood, Washington and, his cousin, Andrew Putnam, plays on the PGA Tour. Okay. Um, I knew him and just kind of talked with him a little bit, and we were talking about doing some sort of facility. And then I was at the time I was um, working over at UW with the football team, and he had called me, and he was like, hey, I was we we had met earlier, and then he called me later, and we were like, hey, I, I heard you, you were leaning a little more towards this way of what you kind of wanted to do. I think I know somebody who might want to do it with you introduced me to uh greg bodine and so greg caddied on the pga tour for a while notably for um tony finau for i think about like six or seven years mm -hmm. and so he's got a lot of great experience because tony's a great player played on the Ryder cup president cups team and he connected us we met at like a starbucks we literally didn't know each other and then four hours later we walked out and we were partners we we're like let's do it <laughs> the timing was crazy too because it was like i had just retired and greg just got done with his 10th year um he has uh two young kids and he kind of just wanted to transition into something where he could be a little more present with mm -hmm. his kids and uh, he had just retired, so it's just like the timing-wise of everything and the introduction is just kind of planned out perfectly. Have you always played golf? No, I started in 2013-14, and then I kind of really got serious in like 17. Um, and so I just just grind on my golf game all yeah. the time. So you were playing while you were in the league, and then obviously yeah. when you got out, you just that's a sport that you can keep yeah. playing. Yeah, you can play it, and... Um, I wasn't that good at it, and so, like I said, I am super competitive. <laughs> I don't want to just get whooped up on the golf course. So I'm always trying to get better, and so um, it's a game that I fell in love with, and um, now I get to do it as my job. And, I mean, it's it's growing like crazy, especially after COVID. Yeah. Um, it's a sport that's just just blew it out the park in terms of um, newer, new beginners and um, you see a lot of a lot more athletes now, and all different sports are starting to uh, pick up the sticks and play. It's pretty addicting. It's a, it's a difficult. It's hard. It's very it hard. Is tough. <laughs> very humbling. Yeah. Um. I've like it, this sounds like uh, it's ridiculous, but like I've I used to always before I started playing occasionally with with my dad or brother or anything. Um, I should always say I'm just blown away. There's like this little ass hole, just hundreds of yards away, and you're gonna like in the the 
how close people get that drive or how close people get those long range shots to that hole is just, it blows my mind, you know, because that's just, I mean, it's such a big field and course. And then this little, little fucking ball. Yeah. And it just, it's like, it's not moving. Yeah. It's just like looking at you, you're looking at it and it's just like, I dare you to hit me straight. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's not an (laughs) easy task. It's the, it's, it's an interesting sport because I feel like it, it's just, it's like life. It's, you know, you hit one good shot, you have one good thing happen in life, and then you got to move on and do the next thing. And it might be the worst shot, mm-hmm. or you might have hit a, you know, hit a wall somewhere in life. It's just like constantly having to get over and like move forward and try to do better the next time. Yeah. And um, I think it's, it's a huge it, it resembles life perfectly because yeah. it's just so volatile in um in the game and you know whether it's just like expectations like the worst thing to do is have like an ex, ex like an expected score that you want to shoot before you're around like if i go out there and i say i want to shoot even par like that's what i want to do that was like the worst thing that i could do to, before <laughs> i go play around because now my expectations cuz yeah. it's it's such it's so react reaction based is you know there's whether the physical part the emotional part you just kind of it's just a huge roller coaster of emotions and it does a, such a great job to like learn how to navigate and learn how to control yourself and your mm. emotions throughout the round and be able to like stay composed and poised yeah it's a, it's actually really really simple it's actually crazy yeah. cuz like and even to like you're with a small group of people which is like, you know, you have close friends, family. You always, everybody has a circle. It's pretty tiny. But it's an independent game. You're playing yeah. by yourself. You know, you have to keep your cool, have to stay calm. You have to learn as you go from what you're doing, good or bad. Like, um, it's wild. It's actually very, very similar to life. Uh, so you guys link up. You guys uh, basically write a business plan on a napkin, so to speak, you know, in a Starbucks. And then the, was the goal this or was the goal just to start a business in the golf But Like, did you guys have this specific thing planned out like this is what you wanted to be and and if so like why why this yeah we um we wanted it to kind of be like this uh i can't say what it looked exactly like this we definitely had a starting point um and it all kind of just determined on the the building that we had got to um but we knew we wanted the concept in terms of having the fitness center having the bays the short the putting green and the short game area um, we knew there was a huge hole in the Pacific Northwest and Washington, especially with the weather for about half of the year, mm-hmm. where a lot of people can't really, uh, you know, maximize their practice, especially the ones who take it serious, you know, whether it's juniors or adults or college players um, or even pros that are that live out here. Um, it's hard to do, you know, for half of the year. And so what we really wanted to – our main concept was to really have like one place that had all the aspects you had the fitness training you had the uh you know the the chiropractor you know you had the facility the technology the the short game area a lot of places around here just kind of have simulators Mm -hmm. like bays um but not a lot of them had the putting green the short game area which is huge uh and it just really kind of created a one-stop shop for a lot of Pacific Northwest golfers. I've never even seen an indoor bunker. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Um, so, as you guys are, are, you've been here for how long now? I mean, it's really uh, new. You guys just opened, right? We started our build out in July. Okay. So it happened in like four months, right? Because months. December was the grand opening. December fifth. Okay. Um, and like now that you guys got it up and running, have you ran into? Like, from what you can tell us, I mean, like, troubles, issues, things you didn't think about. I think that's always something, like, people assume, like, oh, I'm going to write down on paper. It's going to open. It's going to be smooth sailing. Yeah. Has there been things that, like, hiccups or things you guys ran into that you didn't consider? Yeah. There, I mean, there's a bunch of things that, like, pop up, and we're like, oh, we didn't even think about this. <laughs> uh, but, you know, one of the, one of the people, uh, his name is Josh Decker, and he's been a huge help for us. He um, is the founder of Tagboard. So everything that you see on in stadiums, 
everything that you see on like ESPN or anything that shows like a tweet or mm-hmm. like you know when they show the tweet like yeah. that's his company. Okay. And uh the biggest advice that he uh that he gave us is like you're going to fail. He was like but you want to fail forward. Mm. And so Greg and I's mindset, we we know there's going to be some point where we're going to mess up or make a mistake, but it's like are we going to be falling forward? Yeah. Or are we going to be falling backwards? And so we always try to just keep in the mindset of um, and everything that we do. Like, well, like if we do fail, let's fail forward. Let's get back up. Let's adjust. Because I think the worst thing to do is make a mistake and not adjust and just keep if you keep yeah. doing the same thing, then you're not learning. Yeah. It's OK to make mistakes. Um, It's OK to fail. It's just, um, you know, you just got to continue to just, you know, Take the humility and learn from your mistakes and and keep it pushing. Yep, learn how to do it better next time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now that you're you're running a business, you guys are open. Obviously, you're going to grow, and I want to hear like the the future of like what you expect to see, what you want to build it into. But um, one thing that comes to my mind when I talk to uh, ex athletes or even current athletes, you can see the different perspectives. But like when you're on a team, like that's a certain level of uh, camaraderie and accountability, and then you have a coach, right? Mm-hmm. And then you many coaches. But you have a lot of structure, a lot of accountability, a lot of like, it's like, here's your schedule, here's your wake up time, here's your meals, here's you do this, like everything is outlined. When you become an entrepreneur, it's kind of like golf. It's on you. Yeah. It's independent. Was there uh, like a trend, a big, like, was there like a, a not, I don't know if culture shock's the right word, but like there was a shock to you in a way of you're like, yeah. whoa, shit, like I got to figure this out yeah. myself now. No, uh, most definitely, for sure. Um, like you said, like. A lot of people who play in any professional sport, like, you know, where you're going to be, when you're going to be, how long you're going to be doing it for, and it's just, like you said, laid out for you. And that was mm-hmm. probably one of the biggest, when I retired, and I think for a lot of athletes, is like, just idle time, you know. And it can be a huge struggle, uh, and – this could possibly be a whole different topic for another day that we can do this into, but I just feel like, well, like, when you have that much idle time, it's just so much processing going on, mm. and you're there's no distractions. And for for me, it was just kind of dealing like, well, I like being able to do whatever I want to do at this moment, but I don't know what I want to do, and so you're just kind of. You know, the the days kind of just seem like they just go fast. And um, then you start thinking about production, you know, like for my whole life, like I knew what production looked like for the longest time. Yeah. And then the affirmation of whether I was productive or wasn't was mostly on a weekly basis after every game. And I knew I was going to have another opportunity to where now, you know, affirmation is, you know, a little further apart mm-hmm. uh production you got to kind of like redefine what being being what productive is especially during the time when i had uh um had retired where you know you play well you're being productive well when i retired it was like you know i kind of had to redefine what yeah. that looked like because how do you measure that yeah because you know it's just kind of how you it kind of just the mentality is just kind of switching the mentality and and changing what I guess the worth is um and that was kind of a huge learning curve Mm. and still is uh it's kind of funny because uh here I am super struck like I am very structured like because if that's one thing I know I mean I've that's been my whole life for the longest and so I try to bring that aspect here to kind of uh create organization and and structure for our staff and our team here so where we can be the most effective with our time. You would know this better than anyone, I'm sure, but just because you know so many people from being in league, do you think that, like, the the longer that idle time is, the more likely somebody is to not go pursue a new career or passion or business after regarding, like, athletes or I guess really anything? Somebody could build – there's people who build businesses and then uh, – like, do you know Quest Nutrition, Quest Bars? Yeah. So, like, Tom Bilyeu, the guy who founded that, he's from Tacoma – crazy enough and he sold that company yeah and it wasn't a super long company i'm sure people do that they sell it for a billion and then they sit down and they're like okay i'll just chill yeah. or what he did is he invested and built something else and like he kept creating which i think was smart but 
I would assume the longer you sit in that idle time, the harder it is to take action on something. Yeah, um, I think it's there's a few things in that. Um, you got to one of those things is um, where the person or player or, or athlete came from before, mm. um, you know, and guidance really, you know, most athletes that's what they've been doing all their life it's all they know it's all they had to know to to get to where to get themselves out of the whether it's the situation they were in uh to help out their said situation um and you know it's just how productive is that athlete going through that in terms of thinking about how they can set themselves up better after where it's like you don't have to know what you're doing next you don't have to you know, have a, a, a written out plan or anything, but you know, who are you surrounding yourself when mm-hmm. that time comes to kind of help guide you in that, you know, and navigate through that area? Um, because if you're not sur- sur- thinking or being proactive in, you know, because it's hard to do, it's hard to be successful by yourself. Nobody's like, self-made. Nope. Nobody. Mm. Somebody's had guidance, had help, had advice and, you know, so as you're playing through your career, it's not necessarily trying to figure out, oh, what do I want to do next? It's like, who are, who am I connecting with? Who am I building relationships with? Um, you know, and for me personally, it's like all those relationships that I was building, connecting. It's like I want, I want to be have genuine relationships. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just, you know, what can you do for me, and then you know, yeah. move on. Like the people I'm really close with is like there's a genuine relationship. Um, there because I think that's a solid foundation to start off with anybody and it's just kind of being more proactive of thinking you know being around just who you surround yourself with really and the ones that really kind of move on and um, find things to do are the ones that kind of surround themselves with the people who um, are pushing them who are challenging them um, like you said, not being yes man is just really challenging that person to be better because especially when you get out, it's just a whole different yeah arena. But the idle time, the idle time is 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 huge because it also like mentally it can like destroy a person in terms of whether they're dealing with like anxiety or mental health. Um, you know, I, I, and I'll just kind of briefly touch on that. Like, I I truly believe a lot of people who struggle outside of the league of any sport is usually you use sports as a coping mechanism based off of whatever your upbringing was. So if it was very traumatic, like, it's so easy to go lock in. Like, every place you go, that like, you walk into the facilities, like, you know, you leave outside stuff in, like, you're here, you're focused. Yep. So it's like you don't got to think about none of that. Uh, and you don't have to do it for a long time, but once that's over and you have nothing to really like kind of, I don't want to say like sweep under the rug with sports, yeah. but you know, you got a lot of processing to do and then you have a lot of, um, it's hard to kind of process that because especially in, um, I can just speak in for the NFL, it's just like nobody's teaching you how to you know, process emotion and or feelings or anything. It's just like, be tough, you know, push through it, mm-hmm. which, you know, that's great for, you know, that area. It's going to help you be successful, going to teach you grit, how to persevere. But it's like when you get out of it, it's like you have no skills how to navigate so many feelings and emotions. And some people, it's overwhelming. And a lot, of, I feel like a lot of athletes um, don't really process that well and then it just becomes so overwhelming where it becomes like a huge struggle and unless you are pro- proactive in um help navigating through that like for me you know I, I saw a therapist I know a lot of my other teammates saw therapists where you know it's just kind of the the stigma of like with therapists it's like oh something must be wrong well not necessarily it's just you're getting help to navigate an area you've never had you never been through so and maybe you don't have anybody who gets it yeah 100 percent. yeah so it's it's a lot of things i I can go there's like post nfl stuff like obviously i've i've had my experiences 
uh, luckily I have had teammates who went through it before me that helped me go through it. Mm. It's just the whole support system and just kind of like who you surround yourself with. Yeah. Uh, two things kind of come to mind with that topic that I'd be curious about is like one having like your purpose that goes beyond that. Right. I, I would assume like some people, if you, if you're, if your purpose is only NFL, right. Not maybe not even like the impact you have within it or, or your, um, in your effort or enthusiasm or accomplishments in life, and that's just part of it, but it's just about that. Or you you identify so much with an NFL player that when you're done being an NFL player, you lose your identity. Like, do yeah. you see, do you feel like that was something that was a challenge as well? Because I got to imagine, like, once you get out and you're in the idle time, I'm yeah. assuming some people struggle with that. Yeah, for sure. For me personally, um, I think that's where my faith comes in, mm-hmm. where um, your purpose isn't like we always say like like football is what I did it wasn't it's not who I am mm. it's just what I did yeah um and so for me like the faith aspect was a, was a huge uh matter in that in that aspect because um I'm constantly being reminded that I am more than what I just did and that I do have purpose so it's just kind of you know for me it's just what I believed and you know it's kind of a case by case situation where you know I I don't I can't speak for where everybody else right um, are at in their life or what they believe, um, but you know from my personal experience that's what helped me. I think a lot of people struggle to find what what their purpose is or what their why is, and I think those two things are can sometimes be different as yeah. well. You know, um, like I've talked to people uh, where like. I'm a father, but like my purpose on earth isn't necessarily to be a father. That's just like how I am a father is part of that purpose, you know, and like Mm -hmm. treating her a certain way and giving her a certain life, like those things add up to it. Um, which is a, it's a, it's a long discussion, but I got to imagine like, obviously you had your faith that helped you with that, but there's probably a lot of players that struggle with that. And then the other thing that I was thinking is that, um, I don't know if like the fame would be the right word, but like, yeah, I mean, I got to imagine like you make that, that catch and just look around you, you know, like the amount of people fucking losing their minds in excitement. And then for weeks and weeks and people are still talking about, you know what I mean? Like if you get too attached to that, I got to know, just like with Instagram, people talk about like the likes and dopamine, you know? Yeah. You seem like a very, very down to earth, humble person. We have a mutual friend who has said that a ton of times to me and and commends you for it. And you're a family man and stuff like that. Um, So I got to imagine that doesn't affect you, but like, did that ever like maybe test you and you had to try to not let it, I don't know if get to your head's the right word, but, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like I run an online business. So yeah, like yeah. part of it is getting people's attention. And then yeah. I also have a wife who like she, when we got together, she got rid of Instagram. She didn't have Facebook. She's like, I don't give a shit about that stuff, which is really nice for me. Cause it's humbling at home and it yeah. helps me get out of my bubble. Um, but was, is that a, a pressure or, or something that tests you? Uh, test. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I mean, having, like, 80,000 people, like, going crazy over a catch or something that you did and just, or the amount of attention. Everybody loves attention, oh, yeah. right? Like, I mean, it, it does feel great. Like, especially because it's like, you must have done something right, mm-hmm. hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Not, hopefully, this is the good attention that you're getting. Yeah. Um, But for me, it's just kind of, just as much as attention that it, you get, is I've, I feel like there's always um, a sacrifice to that. Like, in everything, I feel like whatever you have success in, like, there's something that you sacrifice for. It. Like, mm-hmm. success is not free. Yeah. Whether it's time with your family, whether it's um, your, your mental health, you're sacrificing, like, you know it's not going to be good for you, your your mental, but, you know, it's it's just all case by case of like what you're willing to sacrifice, but um, success is not free. And so it's for me, it was, you know, dealing with as much as like attention you got, like there's also another side where, you know, like I said, people always there's going to be people out there who have opinions on you, yeah. you know, whether it's against a, another fan base. But like as much as if you're like really feeding into like the good attention, I feel like you're more vulnerable to also feed into the, the negative. Yeah. 
um, you know, like, oh, like they're saying so much, like, why isn't it? It's kind of, it's, it's so weird because it's like, you can have hundreds of people like praising you, but there's like that one person yeah. <laughs> that's, oh, you're, you're not that good. And like, for some reason, that's what you focus on. You just focus on that one person, uh, that said that you weren't that good and it doesn't even, even matter. But like, for me, it's just, I had to kind of get out of that mindset because, you know, it. I I don't know. I I wasn't, or am not really willing to sacrifice like that in my headspace to mm-hmm. kind of really navigate. I'm. It's just, you know, the people that I talk to on a like day to day basis. You know, um, I always try to be kind. I always try to you know, give everybody the benefit of the doubt or or whatever i i always try to see some sort of positive first until you like really give me a reason to not like you yeah um and that's just kind of how i am um i always try to think out of my perspective first before i start because i'm a processor like (laughs) i always tell my wife this she she (laughs) she always she'll say something you know if we're that i'm doing and i'm like I'm a processor. Like I need to come back to this, but then it's kind of counterintuitive because then I'm, I want to fix things right away. But yeah, it's always like that. Oh, I wish I would have said that. You find something like really good to say, but it's like the next day, like that's me. Cause, um, and I'm always processing. I leave work from here. I'm like driving home. I got about like a 25 minute drive. I'm just like not listening to music. I'm just like processing what I went through the whole day um, and how I can get better or what needs to get better. Uh, but I kind of went off track there. But to get back to you, you're saying it's just as much good as there is, there's yeah. going to be an equal amount of bad. And um, I just try to stay neutral. It's okay. I'm going to lean a little bit here to, to fill in the attention. I'm going to lean a little bit here, noticing the negative of, of what people say, especially in business. People are going to love it. People are gonna are not gonna like it, and what I say is just it's not for everybody. Yep. yep. And you know who you're doing it for. You know where uh, what people you're doing it for. And really, to me, that's really all that matters. It, it's uh, it's difficult in business, and I think you have the right mindset to it for it because like if you make a catch and you got tons of people screaming, like you get that, and it's over. You did it. It's done. But here, like, you could make a really smart move and then look around, nobody's even watching. Yeah. And it could take, like, months to pan out. Yeah. <laughs> so and that's like, that affirmation I was talking about. Yep. Like, it's a it's a bigger gap between did I do it right or wrong? Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, playing football, it was a week. Yeah. Now this might be months or years. Yeah. And so um, it's just, like I said, just kind of redefining what production was for me. Yeah. Uh, and as I got better doing that, you know, like I could feel great if I like clean the garage and clean, clean my car and closet. And I'm like, man, I got so much done today <laughs> yeah. where, where that was like not really even the, the case of what production meant to me. It was like, dang, did I have a good practice, a good week? And I played well, like that yeah. was productive where those two instances are so different. Yeah. Whether it's one big thing or it's three, like it, that's up to you, but I look like the thing I respect about you a lot and the thing I, I love about this conversation is that um, I wouldn't even say like you've redefined yourself, but man, like you've had an insane journey and career and you're still, or you're a couple years older than me, but you're still young, you know, I'm 30. Yeah. So it's like, we've got a lot of life ahead and you just keep swinging and taking action and hitting home runs, you know? And, but the coolest thing about it is, is not that you've been to the NFL and now you're starting a business and you have big plans for that, but you also have a family and you're present with your kids and you have a lot of self-belief. You have belief in something bigger than you that carries your, your purpose and your why. And like, nobody has all their shit together. Nobody has everything together, but like there's only so many people who, who get it to a place where like they got a lot of their shit together. Like you got a lot of the pieces folding together and it's, it's man, I commend you for it. It's really cool from like one man to another. And, uh, what is the advice you have for people listening that are like, whether they're ex athletes or they're just business owners, I get questions all the time of like, how do you balance having a family and and running a business? Because like, you know, this, it doesn't turn off. So you have to like really try to turn off the business. That man, that is the truth. Cause (laughs) it's funny you say that because I go, I go home and what, what do I find myself doing is doing work stuff like Mm -hmm. trying to, uh, that's absolutely the truth. It is, it is tough. 
Um, I think, you know, for me, the biggest thing that really kind of helped me kind of be in that space and kind of be in the position where I am is just the, it's just kind of my circle. Um, you know, whether that's, um, teammates that I had, uh, you know, me and Doug Baldwin are, are, are really close. Um, or, you know, just the people I surround myself is because we, we have an understanding, like, if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, like, they're, they're going to let me know mm-hmm. and, and vice versa, you know. And it's just, it's just the people I surround myself with who hold me accountable, who continue to challenge me, um, my wife, who does that more than anyone, who supports me, who pushes me, who challenges me. Um, all while being like the glue and organizer of our whole house, you know, um, a couple of weeks ago, she had the flu for like two and a half weeks and my house was a mess. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. just like, it was just, you, they, they took out the, 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 the glue and everything just fell apart. And so like, she's just been a huge rock in one, the support and then two, just allowing you know, holding it down enough to allow me to even yeah do this. And I know exactly how that is. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, like I said, I'm a shooter. Um, you know, I'm going to fail. Like I said, especially now, you know, with what Josh advises us, like if you're going to fail, fail forward. Yeah. Um, and I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not afraid what people think if I do fail. Uh, because I know that I'm just going to get up and then I'm going to keep it pushing and I'm going to try to be better than I'm going to learn why I failed and then I'm going to try to do it better than the first time. And, you know, with that mindset, like I feel like I have a lot of grit and perseverance in terms of just, you know, finding a way to find a way. It's just like everything I tell myself is just like how I really live my life. And um, I think that's just what helps me, you know. We're in the beginning of this, and, you know, I, I truly believe, you know, Evergreen's going to be successful. Um, you know, obviously, who knows? That might not be the case. I think it will. But, you know, I'm just taking it one day at a time and putting one foot in front of the other and being in the present and just trying to be the best person that I can be and and help be the best team that we have here that we can be and, and really just try to – provide a, a, a good product for the Pacific Northwest and just the community. And, you know, it's not just kind of like what I'm trying to instill with our team. It's just like, that's the culture that I want to build for anybody that's a part of this. You know, it's, it's trying to help others grow. Like a lot of the, the people that we hired um, weren't the top of the, like of the list of what people were, but it's like, you tell me this is what you want. Like, I, I believe that in you. And so like, I'm going to give you that opportunity and you're going to help me grow. I'm going to help you grow. But I just feel like if I'm doing it just selfishly, what I've learned, what I've learned playing with Seattle, I will say this and and being on that team is like everybody wants to be a Batman, you know. And sometimes when – sometimes you can be a good Batman, but you can be an elite Robin. Mm. And sometimes being an elite Robin is probably going to take you a lot further than being a good Batman. And that's one thing I've learned in t- when I'm playing with Seattle is like I knew my role and I was going to be elite in my role. And it took me further than anything if I would have just tried to be the guy because now I'm acting off of selfish reasons. Usually when you do that, success is, is hard, it's hard because, you know, as much when you're when you're thinking less of yourself, you're you're enjoying it more. Mm you uh your moods are different because you the the culture is is around you you're just enjoying and being grateful for where you're at in life what you're able to do um but when you start kind of thinking of like what like wanting the success and everything it just cuz not only it it might work out and you could to reap in all that success but if it fails it's going to be twice as hard um where so for here it's just kind of like I love being here. I love the team that we have here. Um and I just keep shooting. Yeah. Man, there's a there was a, quite a few 
nuggets in there, so I'm just going to, like, bolt them yeah, for yeah. people. But, I mean, like, keep shooting. Don't stop taking action. Um, put the ego away. Yeah. Like, you don't learn anything. I think even with when you said, you know, and this would be the third one, would be uh, the circle. Like, being very uh, cautious with who's in that circle and, and really focusing on that circle because I think a lot of times people, uh, like, you can learn your real friends or the people that are really in there when they will tell you stuff that you might not want to hear. And you're going to be successful if you can let down your ego and accept that feedback so you can get better. Because like you said, they're not going to let you slide by yeah. with bullshit. Like they know your potential. They know your your best and they're going to hold you accountable to that. I think that's huge. There's that one Nipsey Hustle quote I love. And it's like, um, if, you're, if your circle doesn't allow you to grow, doesn't help you grow, you don't have a circle, you have a cage. Yeah. You're stuck. And, and yeah. I've always loved that, but it's so true. Um, three really, really powerful things right there, man. And I think, uh, I think the people can take a lot away from just hearing you, how you act as a business owner, as an athlete, as a man, and, and how you're going through your life. And, um, it's really, really cool, dude. I'm excited about this podcast. Yeah, and, uh, it. I, I want to, the last question I have for you before you can tell everybody where to find everything about this place is, uh, what is next for this place? Like, what is the big vision? What do you want to do with this? Is it, are you guys going to keep opening them? And do you want this to just be like this Mecca? And like, like you were talking about Cairo and all these different things. Like what's the, what's the big vision? Yeah. Uh, we're definitely just right now. We're just focused on just being the best in the Redmond location. We definitely want to open up different locations, um, I think about more of like the, our brand, like what can we do? Like, can we get into, um, junior golf tournaments and, and, and mm. tours or whatever, just, just thinking way out the box. Like I'm a, I'm a huge, uh, vision or whatever you want to call that person. I like to dream big. I like to, to, to think big. And then, so I just kind of work backwards and try to figure out how I can get there and what it looks like. And, um, but right now we're just trying to make, um, this place right here as successful as possible and build the foundation here so it can give us the opportunities to, to kind of start hitting the, the next levels of, of our, our vision and, and where we want to go. I love it, man. Well, I mean, living here and, and I, I'm not a, I would not consider myself a golfer, but obviously my dad lives on a course. My brother golfs. He golfs a lot, the producer of the podcast. Um, this place is, is definitely a level up from from the rest i can say that for sure man so um where can people find the instagram for this place the website your instagram all that kind of stuff just so they know where to follow and how to get more information about this yeah you could uh follow me at jcurse 15 um you can follow our instagram at evergreen golf club our website is evergreengolfclub.com um yeah all the information is there um it's just been a really cool journey it's just been um a lot of learning, a lot of fun, a lot of uh, hard things to do. Like there, there were, you know, how to manage a team, how to deal mm -hmm. with conflict. Like there's a lot of stuff that we've been uh, learning on the go. But um, you know, like I said, if you surround yourself with the the, the right people, um, you know, the people that want to push you and continue to see you get better. Like I don't expect what I expect out of my employees. I you've seen you've seen the Last Dance with Michael Jordan, the Netflix. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I don't expect my teammates to do nothing that I'm not doing. And uh, that's kind of the same way. And I'm, I want I want to push them as hard as they can. And I want them to do the same to me because I know if we are all doing our part, we can all get to where we want to go selfishly yeah. more. Yep. Yep. Um, I love it, man. There's uh, That was actually the two other things that were on my mind that I didn't list was the uh, success doesn't come without sacrifices and, and act selflessly, not selfishly. Cause yeah. It'll carry you further. So, dude, thank you for being on the podcast. This was a blast. Uh, we'll link everything that he just dropped in the description so you guys listening can check it out. Um, again, man, thank you for coming on. Yeah, appreciate it.